Everything we do is in and through people. Welcome to the radio show that will help you know yourself to increase your influence with family, friends, coworkers, and community. This is Learn It, Live It, Lead It with your John Maxwell team leadership coaches, Mike Cook and Monique Minnick. But for this radio show, say hello to Mike and Mo. Hello, welcome back. Uh, this is Mike. This is Mo. And uh, another week of Learn It, Live It, Lead It. Uh, these first five laws, we've been talking about the laws of growth uh, for the last few weeks. And the first five laws, intentionality, awareness, the mirror, reflection, and consistency have all been about kind of looking inward to understand ourselves. And we've said many times you need to know yourself to grow yourself. Yep. Uh, so accountability time. Uh, how many of you went to our Facebook page last week and took the why test? Uh, did you download the chart to find out whether you are goal conscious or whether you are growth conscious? Um, if you did not do that, uh, it's still out there. The graphics there, Lynchburg Area Leadership Events on Facebook. You can find that and the the graphics, the information from last week's, and kind of pulling helps pull all of those five laws together. Uh, so now, uh, one of the things you can do to grow yourself, uh, we're going to kind of go forward here, is to understand your communication and your personality and what naturally drives you. So when you recognize these uh, strengths and weaknesses, you're able to give your best as you work and live with people around you. Uh, so to do this, we're going to take a pause on the laws. I guess I'm a poet and don't know it, and it kind of just rolls off the tongue there. I'm going to take a pause on the laws and um, spend the next two weeks discussing behavioral analysis, a tool called DISC, uh, which specifically uh, the, the Maxwell DISC method. Uh, and Monique is the expert uh, in this, and uh, I'm along for the ride. I guess it's a way to say it. So I'll, I'll let you go ahead and uh, start us off, kick us off here. Thanks, Mike. So people are different. But they are predictably different. And in this episode, Mike and I will help you recognize the patterns that illustrate a person's behavioral preferences and how when we lean into our own natural areas of strength, we can bring our best into our work and personal relationships. And what we will be sharing with you today is not at all new. In fact, it is rooted in ancient history and was developed in modern psychology. All the way back to 444 B.C., uh, Empocles, a Greek philosopher, talked about these four elements in the context of earth, air, fire, and water. He recognized that people were different and behaved in a way that was influenced by these four elements. Then fast forward to 400 BC, we have Hippocrates who developed the theory that each of us are affected by four internal fluids and identified them as choleric, sanguine, phlegmatic, and melancholy. Mm. Many people are familiar with Heard that. Heard those before, yeah. yeah. Especially in uh, Strength Finders and some others in church, mm -hmm. um, right? Yep. And then in 1921, <laughs> Carl Jung developed this even further and identified that an individual's behavior can be looked at in four distinct categories, which he identified as thinking, feeling, sensing, and intuition, which is evaluated using the Myers-Briggs tool, which a mm -hmm. lot of you listening have had that tool over the years. And this began to help identify and categorize human behaviors. It wasn't until 1928 when Dr. William Marston identified his DISC theory, scientifically based, which was published in his book, Emotions of Normal People. His DISC theory, and that is D-I-S-C, all capital, identified that while each of us is a combination of all four of these categories, 
we can connect our personality style in varying degrees in a dominant, influencing, steady, or compliant style. This framework of D for dominant, I for influencing, S for steady, and C for compliant is not meant to be a label or place us in a box and just shut the lid. It's meant to help us understand ourselves and others to be able to connect. Throughout history, we can clearly see that the pattern of four primary behaviors has been talked about. But it wasn't really until Dr. Marston developed his DISC theory that the formation of this into a way to recognize behavioral patterns began to emerge in a way easy to understand. And just so everybody knows, DISC in general and his science and theory is public domain. Mm -hmm. Many of you in the business realm have probably taken a DISC assessment. I'm specifically trained in the Maxwell method of DISC, which incorporates leadership principles and analysis about your leadership strengths. So we're talking about knowing ourselves, growing, growing ourselves, ourselves, and then becoming leaders. And so right. we need to we need to look at DISC right. through the lens, through the filter of of leadership, leadership, right. yeah. and communication. And mm-hmm. so the results are going to be very different and much more involved. And so we'll talk a little bit more about that later. Yeah, in fact, we're going to have some fun with it on the next. We show. We are going to have some fun yeah, with it on yeah. the next show. Okay, so our personality and our behavior are shaped basically from three main areas. One is uh, heredity. So from birth, we have distinct patterns of behavior. Uh, We have a four-year-old, and we're already starting to notice some Mm. of his patterns of behavior, and it's amazing I see myself so much. It's it's scary, but that's another story. (laughs) Um, So then environment is another one. Um, Our environment will definitely impact our style. Uh, In fact, uh, you know, life experiences – um, especially emotionally charged ones uh, in our developmental years can have a big impact on our personality style. Right. You know, someone who might have been extroverted if they have a lot of tragedy in life might become introverted. Correct. So, you know, that's, that's an example of that. Uh, and then finally, our role models, uh, which is very important. We talk about mentors and leaders and all that. Uh, so the role models in our lives uh, between specifically ages 8 to 12 uh, really taught us uh, what is valuable and may even reward us for certain behaviors or, you know, do things to, to reinforce those behaviors within us. I think you got some examples of that. Yeah, and, and this is a really important piece, right? So if there is this triangle of where our personality and behavior are shaped from, two-thirds of that triangle is really environment and role model. So that's mm. the nurture side, not the nature yeah. side, right? That's right, yeah. So what's powerful of that is... Many of you listening parent the way you were parented because that was a good experience for you. Many of you who are listening were not parented or were not parented well. And therefore, you have made it your life's ambition to be different. But there are many of us that are also stuck because of the environments and the role models. And depending on what environment and role models you had, either good behavior or poor behavior was reinforced. And so the beauty of leadership and communication and a tool like this is when two-thirds of it is based on an environment and a role model, you can unlearn negative Mm. or bad behavior. True. And and determine who the role models are or the mentors or who you hang around with. And change them. Definitely the sum total of the five people you hang around with the most, for sure. Exactly. Yeah. 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 
Okay, so using the framework of DISC, D-I-S-C, uh, back to that, uh, we can begin to identify some of these patterns so that we then know what to expect. And if we know what to expect, we can use the right strategy to bring our best to work and to our relationships. So in a work setting, in a leadership setting, uh, family you know, setting, kind of knowing knowing who you are and uh, you kind of go from there. Uh, so in any room full of people, there's a way to begin to recognize these patterns of behavior to help us see that people are different, but they're predictably different. So we'll we'll show you what we mean. And before we get into that, a very simple way of how this is going to play out is let's just take zoo animals. If you see a tiger that's orange with black stripes and you see a giraffe that has orange or yellowish with brown spots, they approach and handle situations differently. Mm, And you would approach or handle situations differently with them. Mm -hmm. A tiger versus a puppy. Well, their pattern you see Mm-hmm. People are no different. And that's what we're going to talk about. Dominant, okay. influencing, steady, or compliant. So here we go. Visualize you're standing in front of an elevator door. As the doors begin to open, you are curious and super excited to see who's on the other side. The minute you walk in, you say hello to everyone in there. And you press the button for your floor. You start to ask them how their day has been. You make a joke. How about the weather? Love those shoes. Okay, you might do that. I wouldn't. This is me. Okay, yeah. You've got an outgoing nature, right? Now, if you're standing at that same elevator door, but as the doors begin to open, you secretly hope that nobody is on the elevator. So you don't have to go through an awkward moment. You walk in, trying to figure out if they're going to want to talk to you or not. You press the button for the floor you want, then you look at the button panel. You look at your shoes, the door, the floor numbers as they change. You wish the elevator would go faster so you can make your exit. You have more of a reserved yeah, nature. That sounds more like me. Does that sound okay, like you? Yeah, yeah. Okay, here's another, here's another way to look at it. Uh, let's say you're playing a vacation, and you're focused on what needs to get done in order to go. You got to mow the lawn. You got to take the dog to the kennel. You got to take your car in for service. Maybe you're lining up the work that has to be done while you're out. Uh, you you know got to look, make sure the hotel has Wi-Fi so you can check your answer your emails. Or um, maybe you're planning a vacation. Here's another way to look at it. You're focused on who else is going with you, and you're caught up in thinking about who you'll see when you get there and all of the fun experience that you'll have and you'll enjoy together. Um, and then if, if you focus on the work that needs to be done before you go on vacation, uh, you could be a little more task oriented. Mm-hmm. That's the first example I gave. But those of you who are thinking about uh, people first, you would be considered more people oriented. You know, what kind of fun we're going to have, what we're going to do when we get there. And, oh, yeah, I, f- I forgot to bring socks. Oh, oh, well, sorry about that. You know, so I'll go uh, different. Yeah. Different, um, different personalities. Yeah, yeah. In that scenario, I'm very task oriented. OK, there's a list of things that have to get done. And mm-hmm. until it's done, I can't enjoy it. Mm, I can't okay. even, you know, okay. and then I have people in my life who are already on vacation before we even leave the house. So, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. All right. So now we have our four types of behavior. We are outgoing and task oriented. Mm-hmm. That would be me. We are outgoing and people oriented. We are reserved and people oriented. That would be me. That would be you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or we are reserved and task oriented. Mm-hmm. So within these four types of behaviors, there are patterns. So let's take the outgoing and task-oriented first. Some of your predictable patterns could be that you are bossy. I have heard that term a lot in my life, (laughs) especially when I was under the age of 13. Then after I was 13, it wasn't so much that I was bossy as I was 
very decisive and mm. I could organize well and I could get things done and I could babysit 12 children at a time because I just had a pattern and process. Okay. You focus so much on getting things done that you will delegate to anyone at any time just as long as they are effective. You like control. Oh, yes, I do. <laughs> so much, in fact, that if you are meeting a friend to go to lunch, you want to drive even if it's their car. Uh, been mm-hmm. there and done that. Mm-hmm. So this means I lead from a D, a dominant or driver communication style. Mm-hmm. The second outgoing and people-oriented category, those patterns have been developed through the years, and you might be known as the person who's always late. You may be a little disorganized, but you sure are fun to be with. So we you let are, you slide then, yeah. That's exactly <laughs> yeah. right. If you're going on vacation, oftentimes you arrive unpacked or poorly packed, And realize there was something you forgot. But you think, you know what? We'll have fun going to the store. I can pick it up there. (laughs) You would lead from an influencing or inspiring communication style, the letter I. Hmm. Okay. So that's two of the four. Uh, Reserved and people-oriented. And I guess I get to talk about that because that's kind of what I am. That's kind of what you You, are. you, You like to help others and you don't need the spotlight. It's not about you. Um, you're very routine oriented, uh, so much so, in fact, that when something is changing, you need some time to adjust your routine to the change. You need some time to process it. Uh, so you lead from a steady, stable communication style. That's where the letter S um, comes in. Okay, so that's reserved and people oriented. Then reserved and task oriented. You're the very detail oriented person. You can spot a mistake pretty easily and you have a need to see work get done perfectly mm. these are the people maybe they get labeled ocd you know like when perfectionist the, when the gas pump stops at 299 <laughs> but it's three gallons and like I, I can't do math i better not i better not go down that road yeah yeah but anyhow yeah you're, you're, you might be labeled ocd uh, so you need to be organized and when you're not going when when you're going on vacation you arrive with everything mm. you need you packed everything you probably had a checklist you're leading from a compliant or correct communication style that's the letter c So when we become aware of the pattern or how a person communicates, uh, we not only know what kind of communication to expect from them, we also know the best practice, the best way to prepare for interacting with and responding to them. So communicating with them Mm -hmm. uh, also. So that's just as important. Um, And and even listening to them if if that comes up. So in order to have a successful connection. Absolutely. So, as you've heard, I personally lead from a D, dominant driver communication style, which makes up about 3% of the world's population. (laughs) You would never know it, though. thank good for that. Thank goodness (laughs) for that, right? You don't need more than 3% in any organization (laughs) trying to drive the ship. Otherwise, the Ds need to get and understand and respect each other and what Mm. they bring to the team. So, as a D communication style, I focus on results so much that I'm always asking and always looking uh, towards something. And I'm fairly proficient at multitasking. There's, I do usually have 35 plates spinning on a given day when I'm working from home. The laundry's going, the dishwasher's going, the dryer's going. Um, I've got phone calls in. I've got the the lawn guy there. Yeah, I'm yep, multitasking. Yep, yep. I am driven by authority, and I will easily take control if nobody will. I embrace change. I love it. I'm happy to change. If it doesn't work out, I'll change again. I'm very comfortable responding to direct confrontation. I actually kind of see those as conversations that are Mm. uh, engaging. I like to work with people who are loyal. And my greatest fear is being taken advantage of, which is where the control piece comes in for Mm. a lot of Ds that Mm -hmm. that makes us not endearing, right, but irritating. There are strengths to a D communication style. And you hear words like bold and confident, decisive, right? 
Um, there are also obstacles, and this happens when any of the communication styles, strengths get out of balance is mm-hmm. a way to say that, right? Mm-hmm. So my boldness can also seem domineering, right? My confidence can seem insensitive. Um, I'm unable to relax. I'm unforgiving. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm not afraid of conflict, I can be perceived as argumentative and inconsiderate. And most D's are, don't like to apologize. <laughs> now, I will say that if it weren't for my faith, mm-hmm. I probably would not apologize as much as I should, True. right? But, but there's a piece and element of that that I... usually just like to say, I'm not arrogant, you're insecure, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. That, that, yeah, exactly. Yep, yeah. Mm-hmm. So overuse of our strengths becomes our limitation or weakness. And so in a communication style, we have to be careful of that. And so understanding how we communicate is very important because I certainly, my intention is never to dominate or take mm-hmm. over somebody. And yet the other three communication styles, this actually treads on their territory. Mm-hmm. Right. So, Mike, which one do you sure. lead from? Uh, I lead from the steady, stable, or the S communication style, uh, which is, um, it's the other reserve communication style, which makes up like 69% of the world's population. Mm. And just like I said, you would never know there was only 3% of the Ds. You also would never know that it's 69% because we're never going to share that, that statistic. <laughs> That's exactly and, right. You know, we're, we're not proud of that. We're not worried about it or anything like that. So um, Ss are very team-oriented. Um, they're great at follow-through. They're very loyal. They work best in a, a cohesive atmosphere. You know, can't we all just get along? Mm-hmm. And, and they're easygoing, agreeable even paced, they're good listeners, um, compassionate, um, and they, they treasure peaceful relationships. Right. So we like to have D's around to fight our battles for it. So That's it's, right. It's, it's a great it's thing. A good yeah, combination. Yeah. Uh, so their greatest fear is a loss of security or confrontation. Just don't put me in front of confrontation. So um, some strengths are often seen uh, in individuals with a strong S uh, wiring are hard worker, team player, stable, steady, secure, the S's we talked about, um, sentimental, uh, they're saver, very reserved, faithful, great listener, um, makes you a good coach, uh, peaceful mm-hmm. and supportive. Uh, so uh, where D's and I's um, start and lead a project, the S-wired team members are the ones that kind of handle the details to, to make it happen. And uh, when an S's strengths are out of balance, uh, yep. that does happen, uh, they also create an obstacle. They may maybe appear to be too laid back. They frustrate the D's sometimes. Come on, can't we just... Get, get can you moving. answer a question? Um, they can be sarcastic, which is a, a language, one of the languages It I is speak. a love language. Yes, sarcasm yeah, yeah. is a love language. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I speak several languages, <laughs> and, you know, English, movie quotes, and sarcasm pretty much are my, are my three. Yeah. Um, so uh, they'll be resistant to change, uh, very slow paced, very slow to start, either slow to start or slow to, to get going. Uh, and they may they may have difficulty saying no just occasionally. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they often need uh, reassurance or in- encouragement. Um, they'll not be direct and they'll, they'll really kind of shut down in yeah. confrontation. They, they need that D to fight the battle. So, uh, so they may be appear to be possessive, possessive, skeptical, indecisive, and, and, and they may not even speak up when they should, you know, they might not they, they won't fight their battles, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. So as you can see, Mike and I are opposites from a perspective that I'm a higher energy, more task focused. And Mike is a reserved energy level, more people focused. And so that is a great combination in an organization or even mm-hmm. working as a team like we do. 
Um, and our energy levels are different. And mm-hmm. we've known each other for many years, and so we can appreciate the reservedness or the outgoingness, and we know sure. how to dial it up or dial it back. Mm-hmm. So the other two communication styles are then the influencing inspiring, which is also an outgoing uh, communication style, and the compliant correct, which is the other reserved. When influencing inspiring is 11% of the world's population, the eyes seek a fun, friendly environment. They are very active. They are relationship-oriented, expressive, animated, great storytellers and encouragers. And they treasure a great experience and want to make sure everybody around them is having a great experience. all about the experience, yeah. all about the experience. Their greatest fear is rejection and loss of approval. And so it's very important that they... So this is where FOMO came in, that fear missing it. Fear, exactly, exactly. Their strengths, uh, they are persuasive and generous, very charismatic. They love the spotlight. They are creative and inspirational to others, likable, optimistic, charming. Uh, But again, when a strength (laughs) is out of balance, they can create an obstacle called shiny object syndrome. Oh. Or they squirrel easily. Squirrel, yep. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. And this gives the impression that they are undisciplined or undependable or disorganized or they're not listening. And that is really not what's Mm. happening. It's about Mm. understanding the fact that they are very focused on an experience and they're going to move like a social butterfly, hence the term social butterfly. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. I have enough eye in my combination that I... I'm high energy and I do that as well. Yeah, I just before, have a little I, bit more discipline. I'm the sarcastic moth, not the social butterfly. That's right. That's, that's, that's different, yeah. And then there's one more. The last of the reserved is? Uh, the last is the compliant and correct, which is would be my second. Everybody usually has a second when they do the disc thing and all that. So um, the, the, the C communication style, compliant and correct, makes up 17% of the world's population. If you ask them, it's probably 17.67253. You know, they're very detail-oriented, in other words. Uh, So they're always on time. They're analytical. uh, They're not at all spontaneous. You've got to give them some time to process. Um, In fact, they're they're planners. They're the ones that you want to talk about the vacation first because they're going to work out all the details, and then we can just figure out how to have the fun afterwards. Exactly. Um, They definitely take pride in their, their accuracy. So they... They seek an environment that honors logic and facts. And, you know, as soon as you say the word logic, you mm-hmm. think of Dr. Spock. And exactly. I probably just alienated all the Star Wars fans. But uh, anyhow, um, you know, that's that's the logic. They're genius. They're self-sacrificing, uh, orderly, organized, logical. Um, they do high-quality work, uh, very persistent in planning. They're going to finish what they start, no matter what, no matter how long it takes them. Um, they're definitely driven by data, you know, gathering facts, um, deep thinkers, very serious, right. um, you know, carry out their work correctly. So um, there are some obstacles for the C communication style. Um, when a C strengths are out of balance, uh, so to speak, they may appear to be more moody or critical or unsociable or rigid or overanalyzing or insecure, cold, distant. You're going to think, you know, what's what's wrong with this person? So, uh, But it's because Cs prefer to work alone. Mm-hmm. They're going to be the, the one in the back office or in the cubicle and just don't bother me and and, and all that. So uh, they can be hard to please, um, can be slow to start doing to taking too much time to plan. You just kind of aim and aim and aim and we'll we'll, we'll fire eventually, I guess. Uh, But of all the personalities, uh, C's are the most um, susceptible to what you've heard called analysis paralysis. I just, I got to have more more information before I I, I make a decision. So they can be almost perfectionist. and it's just to avoid risks, even even good risks. So 
you know, maybe not necessarily always the entrepreneur type uh, as much so because they're, they're so detailed. But you need them on the team because even though they may not see the big picture, they're going to help you keep things together and hold it together with, with all the details. And it makes even perfect sense that their greatest fear is criticism. Mm-hmm. They work so hard to get it right. They mm-hmm. don't want to turn that report over to you because what if it's wrong? Yeah. So you've got to be careful about that, right? Yeah. So once we know how someone else is wired, we can build even deeper relationships and connections. The disconnect is when we give information the way that we want to receive it. So the way Monique wants to receive that it is the happens. way I typically do that, okay. right? So do you want to be right or do you want to be in a relationship? I've, I've had that question asked to me several times in my life. <laughs> do you want to influence or irritate? Hmm. Right. Just like there are distinct communication styles, there are specific strategies for communicating with each style. So, okay. Mike, start us off. Okay. So, when you're communicating with someone who is the D personality, um, be brief, be direct, <laughs> and to the point, and then leave. Be done. You know, that's it. Be be brief, be direct, and then be done. Um, ask what questions, not how. Focus on results. Don't ramble. Don't mess around. You have to discuss when you have to discuss the problem talk about its effect and and not its outcomes. When communicating with someone who's eye-wired, you definitely don't want to ignore their ideas. You Mm -hmm. need to hear them, acknowledge them. If you don't think their idea will work, recognize their efforts and encourage them to keep looking for solutions and then get back to you. And yes, you will have to listen again. (laughs) With eye-wired team members, you have to allow time for socializing both in work or after a meeting with them. And you always, always, always follow up with the details in writing. And when it comes to meetings, keep in mind that four short 10-minute discussions are going to be much more productive than a long Mm. 40 or 60-minute discussion. Make it fun with breaks, yeah. Because they're gone after 10 minutes. They're already thinking about something else. Mm -hmm. Okay, so with the S-wired people um, in your life, smile. (laughs) Smile, smile, and smile. Even if you're not feeling good, you're having a bad day, and you don't feel like it, uh, seriously, you got to create a... A, a, a friendly tone for their discussion or else you, you're already lost them almost in some ways. So, so don't be overly aggressive, you know, step away from the S's and you know, step back, um, minimize the potential for confrontation, anything like that. Be sure to show interest in them as a person, you know, yeah. you're, you're valuing them. Um, and if you're working on a project together, give definition to the goal and each person's role. Define it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because if changes are needed, you, you got to give them time to adjust for the changes. And that's, that's true with the C, I'm sure we'll get into as well. But yeah. And finally, if you're C wired, remember that they need the details. There is not too much information. They need the details. When you offer up facts, you need to make sure they are validated facts. You have to be precise in your explanation and very specific. You also need to be patient. They have a lot of questions and you need to follow up to make sure that they have everything they need. I know as a D, they like for you to follow up. Absolutely. (laughs) They want you to follow up. And as a D, I, you know, hire the people I trust and I trust that you're going to (laughs) deliver. But if I don't give C's and S's an opportunity or say, do you have any questions for me? Or when you have questions for me, you know, Mm -hmm. bring it back around. If I don't do that, then they're not going to move out until they get the questions answered. So when you get frustrated that something didn't get done, that's not really you their fault. You haven't answered all the questions for them. That's yet. right. Yeah. And it can also sometimes feel like they're questioning you. Parents, if you've got a child that says, why, 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 <laughs> likely they're a C. They're not trying to be disrespectful just in the workspace. They are trying to understand why. So they can make the right decision. Yeah. They can buy in. They can give you all the details that you need. 
right? And that's important. And so we need to take the time to listen. Absolutely. Yep. So oftentimes people will ask us when, when talking about this whole disc thing, what style is best? The answer is yours. yours. <laughs> Your style. Yeah. Um, you're gifted with strengths that when used will contribute to the work and the lives around you. So your style is best and that makes everyone better. So know your style, work in it, live in it and, and, and make that your strength. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and then when we take time to communicate and connect with others through their style, treat them the way they want to be treated. You've heard of the golden rule. That's this, right. this I think is kind it's of like a platinum, a platinum rule. rule is, you know, treat others the way they want need to, to be, be treated, be treated, need to be treated. Yeah. Uh, then we'll build a bridge to successful work and relationships. All right. So let's recap real quickly. Four distinct communication styles. Outgoing and task oriented is a D, 3% of the population. Outgoing and people oriented is an I, 11% of the population. Reserved and people-oriented is an S, 69% of the population, and reserved and task-oriented is a C, 17% of the population. So, like the four communication styles, there's a strategy for communicating with each one. With D's, be direct and to the point. With the I's, allow for socializing, don't do all the talking, don't ignore their ideas, follow up in writing, um, you know, 10-minute discussions are better than one 40-minute uh, meeting. With the S's, smile. And create a friendly tone uh, for the discussion um, now. So, and then with the C's, offer validated facts. Provide all the details. Be real specific. Be real precise in your explanation. And, uh, and then be patient and answer all their questions and follow up and make sure they have all the data that they need. So we gave the Maxwell DISC method communication and personality profile to the staff here at WLNI. Uh, it's going to be fun, yeah. And we're going to have a few of them join us next week to talk through their individual results and what they learned about themselves. So until next week, this is Mike. And this is Mo, encouraging you to learn it. Live it. And lead, lead it. it.